Hi, I'm Steve Dace. So if you're looking for a summer worldview camp, this is the place to be. July 16th through the 20th, we're going to encourage your kids to become the next generation of cultural leaders. We've got pastors like Douglas Wilson, filmmakers, cultural critics and commentators like myself and Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. Sign up at calledconference.ninja. Again, Moscow, Idaho, July 16th through the 20th, Called Conference. Dot Ninja. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And here we are in the twilight. It is twilight. Of early spring with our coffees. Yeah. We're overlooking here. the La Quinta Inn. Is that what that is? The La Quinta? I think it's it is La Quinta. Quinta. And the and the drop off spot for Goodwill. We're Goodwill. here. Many of our of our loyal listeners, when they come into town, this is right as you come into town, they see it and they're like, We saw the place where you overlook Walmart and Goodwill and the La Quinta. <laughs> we have to put some treasure up here. And actually someone drove up here and found Orange peels, mandarin peels. They were like, "No, was it you? It might have been. <laughs> it you. wasn't. I was not eating mandarins during the what have you time. I don't know about that. You know when we talked about the hashtag appealing life, we were saying because mm, of where your orange yeah, peels get left everywhere. Right. It was close to that time. Anyway, I'm just mm-hmm. if anyone comes by here, the litter. It's not us. No, we would not do that kind of Even thing. Even though we're drinking coffee, we keep it in the car. We don't throw these cups out there. <laughs> we hang tight on them. So we're like wrapping up a screaming wild end of a school year. You know, here. May is... Oh, it's not even May yet, is it? No, but I'm, say, I'm this gearing time up. Of, this time of year is always epic. No. And every year, epicer. Yeah, this Every one. year. Last time, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast yet, that about a year ago, our brother was getting brain oh, surgery. He was and, about to. And this year, our dad is having a cancerous tumor removed from his yes. salivary gland Yep. on the 7th. So for some reason, the Lord likes us to live in the emotional ambiance of a tumor in the springtime. In the springtime. An uncertain tumor in a loved one in the springtime. But back to back years, we had last year we found out, Nate found out about his tumor shortly before the Grace Agenda Conference. We all did the Grace Agenda Conference with this kind of heavy feeling except for nobody knew yet. Well, plus listening to his talk, knowing that he knew he had a brain tumor. It was so killer. It was kind of emotionally intense. You guys, if you haven't listened to it, go Go find it it and listen to his talk. And know that it was a talk he gave knowing knowing he he had had a brain brain tumor tumor. and that nobody else knew yet and he wasn't sure. the audience did not know. And I was a little concerned because... I remember Heather ended up not speaking because they flew out and around, but she was going to speak. And then Marisol had her tonsils out. And I remember talking about it where I was like, I think we're going to just look like we take having your tonsils out really personally. Like, (laughs) because of course it was kind of thick in the air for the family. And I just knew, I was like, if Heather said, I'm just concerned, like I haven't cried about it. I'm not, she's like, I'm just afraid that I'm going to like get into my talk and then have my big cry about my husband as a brain tumor. 
And we were like, yeah. And then we'd all be asking, like, what's making us all sob right now is that Marisol got her tonsils out. So we're really taking that personally this year. So oh, boy. anyways, she ended up not. No, but not anyway, either doing the talk nor crying hard. Then this about year it. we kind of had a bit of a rerun because we all found out. Well, Dad found out, and then we found out the week of. No, oh. the night before. No, he found out Wednesday, and they and then Nate was out of town. Everything no, was crazy. He, didn't. he found mm-hmm. out on Thursday. I no, think. and they then they emailed us all on mm, Thursday because whatever. we were not even in one place. No. We had people over at our house. I don't, Mom texted me like, "Have you read your email? Because we're going to bed, but I want you to know we're doing great." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh dear." I'm like, "What?" They open up the email, and I'm like, "Oh my heavens!" Like another Grace Agenda tumor in the wings is <laughs> odd. Like we're hoping the whole mm-hmm. family has said we're going to plan to not roll out any new tumors. No. Next Grace Agenda. No. That's that's one of our to dos, but. Right. So anyway, yeah, but we're coming it's up familiar on that. and so good. As Nate said about uh, about his his uh, he said this recently that someone said, you know, how are you doing with your whole brain tumor thing? And he said, you know, it's it's really healthy to have a brain tumor. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great way to put it. But he was like, you know, we're all mortal, and it's really good to feel like it. Like there yeah. is something about being really aware of yeah. your mortality that oh, is yeah. good. And focus your mind. I have to say, sweetest thing is that while everybody feels it, it is wonderful to have so many people actually acting like what they believe, like and believing that God is in control and that we trust Him completely with our dad, and that while of course we're praying for a good, yes. a good outcome. We're praying a lot for a good outcome, and then it ends up being kind of not a, not really a deal. much of a big deal. But our first, when we first knew he had something, we were praying that it would not be anything really of uh-huh. you know nothing important. In that phase, while we were praying that, it was obviously God didn't answer that prayer. You know, obviously he it, answered it just with a no. Note. But what I felt like was God answered it with like. The cancer is still a big nothing, you know, but I won't be sure. like that. God, God will be great in this. It's yeah. not like, it's not like we have to. Well, and it's just a chance to think, do you believe what you say or do you not? Oh my word. And, and this, it just reminds me of, I am thankful for our family, obviously thankful for the uh, inheritance of faith, but that it matters that you choose daily to act like what you believe is true. Yeah. And that. It, it really is true that when the heavy things come, you can continue to act like what you believe is true is true. And yeah. and that that's a real blessing. Well, this is the whole, it is your foundation on the rock or on the sand because the storms There will, will be a storm. The storms will actually come. That's like come. the thing that the houses have in common is that there is a storm at <laughs> both the of them. And the storm is the, is the constant. In life, mm-hmm. there's always a storm. And sometimes there are and little. And if it wasn't and this, sometimes it would be a big. new thing. You know, yeah. like. But aside from that background ambiance of things to ask the Lord about, yep. today I turned in my book. Hello, my yes, That's a win. Turned in my book, and also we've appeared to have sold our house, and I'm looking at how many of our earthly possessions we need to also sell, like <laughs> like so much stuff that we have to get out of our Life. house and lot. Yes, that we have to do because. We are moving 
into my parents' house because my parents were planning on moving in to take care of our grandpa. It's like musical family houses yep. because my aunt and uncle who were living with grandpa while their house is being built and taking care of him are now moving into their house. <laughs> and mom and dad are moving in to take care of grandpa. And we were going to move into mom and dad's house while we try to build. And um, I can't think of any other family members moving into each other's houses right now. <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of that, kerfluffle. Yeah. And I'm looking at it all like, what and now? Me. And then just for a flourish. Oh, yeah. I have a uh, kindergarten poster board project about a California quail due on this week sometime. And three dioramas. The dioramas and like we ketchup. already finished. Well, oh, they ketchup. did because I already postponed them past what good parents postponed mm-hmm. them because mm-hmm. I was like, no, we have to show our house, yeah. which yeah. the Lord spared us from much on that. But anyways, I was like, we, I can't be doing all the dioramas right yeah. now while yeah. we're trying to get our house. Yeah. Anyways, it's like, well, we've got back to back to back to back party 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 parties that we're hosting, and then. So, so I'm having uh, the NSA seniors over next week for a dinner. We're having a big donor dinner that I am not cooking for, but I do have to. I designed the fabric, and I do have to do, do all the of the decors, all of the table runners again, and I have to, you know, centerpieces. And and I was wildly sending out invitations much too late. And anyway, it's all the things, and then I'm in charge of the graduation reception so I was trying to plan that and then our daughter is graduating and our son is turning 20 the following week it's not week. really enough parties and then the night of graduation that night our family gets on a plane and we go to England <laughs> which is like awesome things, things that awesome. sounded much more reasonable oh, but well, then so when you great. see the like, whole I'm sketch. so excited that our kids haven't seen England since they were little and and we get to go back and we get to you know like take them back to some of the favorite places and everything it's awesome it's fabulous but I'm like <gasps> when am I gonna back for that I mean when are we what are we doing anyway it's so many it's so many epic. things plus it's finals week and I'm giving finals and trying to do grades and I'm starting to be that person in the planning for the house that we're building where I'm like, um, I'm starting to be like needing to control the, like it's getting a little not great in terms of like, but I can't see what I like for a hallway lamp. (laughs) I cannot find the thing that I was looking for. And in a real reasonable move, I I just want you all to know how self-deceived I am. At least I'm aware that I'm self-deceived. I think that takes it out of the level of being self-deceived. Well, I don't know. I just think it's funny. Maybe that's what it is. I'm amused by this. Hmm. But I like to think of myself as being really practical. You do like to think of yourself Because I am a lot in some areas of life. In a few areas, you are very but practical. But I think I'm practical. I'm like, you, I'm a pretty much... You do think you are. I know. I think I am, but I think I am. Don't you think I am generally mm, no, practical? no. Tell me. Really? Tell me about floor looms. Well, that's where I was driving anyways. But <laughs> that's my big my big impracticality was that I have now purchased a new floor loom because of all the upholstery fabric I need to weave for our new house. <laughs> I just, I just, I just oh my goodness. It just kills me dead. I want but you I to remember this moment 
Rachel. Such a good idea. You need to remember this oh, moment. It's such a good idea. The though. next time I and tell somebody, you one of my ideas, somebody. and you look at me with a fat face and tell me I'm being stupid, <laughs> I am just somebody, gonna. Okay, but I'm gonna treasure me, this up. Are you saving money by buying the floor loom? <laughs> you should have seen my husband's face because it was perfect. It was his his face that was like. You don't want to ask about that. Like, you don't. He's like, oh, goodness, no. No, no. He's answering for this. No, we are not. And I was like, well, babe, that totally depends. Depends on what fabric. Are we going to be buying handwoven upholstery yeah. fabric? Because we're probably saving money. If I'm that's sure what we were going to do. If I was going to look for someone on Etsy who wanted to weave meal. <laughs> Nonsensical thing I love to it do because ever. Because so, earlier today, I was. I don't meeting care. With, I'm. Was, I'm proud. No, I was meeting with Carolyn, uh, who's going to help me with the graduation reception, and and what we came out the end of the shoot with is right. We'll get together on a Saturday with 300 eggs, <laughs> and we will <laughs> we'll make meringues <laughs> and lemon curd. <laughs> 300 eggs worth, Rach. That's what I'm doing. This is probably graduation reception. Yeah, it'll be amazing. Sounds solid. Are you making those cute little, happens, little nests? Like with no, the lemon curd or no, what are you doing? I'm not. Uh, we're going to do like a, well, we're kind of making it up actually. It's like a variety of eaten mess, but with lemon curd woven into it. Sounds it sounds solid. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is that this but feels to me like a similar thought it's process. It's not at all. It is not at all steps one, two, three towards no, making it happen. No. But it is the parts that make me happiest about the no. whole thing. And so. we looked at each other and we we're like, should we just eliminate the lemon curd? And we're like, but we have to crack all those eggs anyway for the meringues. It's totally handy if and you have also, 300 egg yolks. We're going to have time to kill while those meringues are in the oven, so we might as well be making lemon curd with I, all those yolks. I think our listeners would be impressed by, because, well, my oven in our house, because we had to get our house ready to list, we had to buy a new oven. The reason we had to do that is because our old oven looked like it had been through eight years in our home. Like, yep, it looked yep. like it had lived it's a hard like, life. It is like living in the wild, wild west. It is. And, you yeah. know, it lost the front of the warming drawer because of all the kids who come to talk to me when I'm at the stove. They would put their foot on oh, the handle yeah. of the uh-huh. warming drawer and it just uh-huh. pulled it off. Yeah. And at first, for a little while, it flapped. <laughs> <laughs> then it fell off. But we never used the warming drawer, so we didn't care. But it was probably a much nicer oven. Well, I know it was a nicer oven than than what we replaced it with but it was convection and I have seriously felt like I don't even know how to cook or what to cook because my trusty steed the one that I knew what to do about you have to spiritually bond with your oven and I I have not I am unbonded with this new I have I have two wall ovens that we put in recently and I have not yet bonded with them so I don't I don't feel (laughs) meanwhile meanwhile we replaced the broken microwave that was in the hood with a working one so we're really off balance that there is a working microwave sure. and then an oven we don't yeah. understand. Yeah, I could see it. I'm not sure I can feed my family. My wall ovens are Italian. <laughs> I went so they... far as to look for a crock pot recipe. Oh, look at you. Yeah. No, I mean, my wall ovens are Italian and the, the user's manual is in Italian. So basically, that's where I am in the world. Right. I learned how to, I got it out of Celsius. So Ooh. that was good. Fancy. But that's the extent of my oh, knowledge. So I no, like I have to find it. It takes work to yeah. connect. And I remember when we moved into that house, I couldn't understand them 
you know what I mean? And it was like, I, I think I no, kept taking bread. I kept taking bread out when it looked, because it was convection, yep. when it looked golden. Yep. And then it was not cooked on the inside. Yep. And that was weird. But now I'm like, yeah. oh, my kingdom no. from my old you, oven yeah. that I knew what to do you with. You have to learn to really, like, cut with the grain on your oven. Yeah. We so, should talk about something else. Yeah, we'll move on from that. Arising from that. Uh-huh. So we had a question about our talking about boys and girls and differences between Actually, boys we had and girls. A, we had a whole series of questions, and a lot of them came down to the same general gist. Yes. Yes, which is... Which is uh, do you want to summarize no, it? No, you summarize. I think the question is, how do you actually think it's okay to draw a line down the middle of an activity and say like this is not for boys and it is for girls especially if that's not a line scripture has drawn right like like um well right so i exactly but this this reminds me of kind of like the a uh uh riddle i have some friends uh who is not a real riddle guys just don't get too excited. Don't start writing it down. <laughs> I have some friends who believe that women should just wear skirts all the time. Skirts or dresses. But this is because of the biblical, which we completely agree with, the biblical commands for a man to not put on anything that pertains to a woman, but sure. also for a woman to not put on the apparel of a warrior. warrior. Well, like yeah. So it, both of those things are in scripture. So we know that cross-dressing either direction is not, is prohibited in right. scripture. And so they believe that women should wear dresses or skirts. But my question is, where are you drawing the line culturally? Because at the time that command was made, the men were in skirts. Yeah. So see, you're yeah. messing with stuff. So here's, here's <laughs> what I think. And I did say this to somebody in a, I did a, like a brief answer about one of those questions, but basically the Bible does not give us specifications for the clothing, but it still says men are not to wear women's clothing and women are not to wear the garb of a warrior. And the garb of a warrior can look totally different in country different to country, cultures. century mm-hmm. to century, whatever. Whatever the warriors well, are we would, wearing. We would go ahead and say that we should just say, for any listeners who might not know, this is why we do believe scripture prohibits women being in the military in combat, like yeah. that, in combat. Yeah, yeah uh, this is Not like, necessarily as, as no, nurses or secretaries, but no, I mean, but like. It as, just says that it's an abomination. Yeah, God, you don't God do does that. not approve. So the thing is, is, it doesn't say women are not allowed to wear Kevlar vests or women are not allowed to wear a World War I helmet. It's just, the thing is, is women right. aren't to be in that, they're not to be seeking the warrior status and it's an abomination when they do and it doesn't matter if it's like what the apache warriors wore or the roman warriors wore no. or the ancient israelites or Any the modern it. americans you don't mess with the categories and so the so the um the application will look different from culture to culture but the principle is the same so it's just like different languages can express the same sentiment with different words well, the same sentiment can be expressed through different cultural manifestations so we would say women stay out of that and similarly men aren't to wear women's clothes and it doesn't matter what the women's clothes are in any culture 
men right. aren't to wear them because it just assumes that there will be that gender you will know you will know the difference. Now this is this is a thing that we've talked about with modesty. A lot of Christians are so foolish in the way that they pursue the scripture. Like it didn't say clearly I couldn't do this or it didn't say clearly. Like if God wanted me to not wear a bukini, then he should have said so in so many words. If God wanted me to not smoke pot, he should have said so. that, he should have said it. If God wanted me to not look at porn, he should have said so. He should have mentioned the internet, shouldn't he have? So this is is the way that Christians foolishly pursue God's word as though it is that kind of law book. And like it's a checklist of of litigious little rules. Right. And if you did all that, you're righteous. And if you didn't do all this. But the thing that we have said many times is, no, you have to say the Bible commands women to be modest. And you have to ask yourself, can you picture a t-shirt that is immodest? Then can you picture a t-shirt that is modest? And then you say between those where does your t-shirt fall? Do you know what I mean? Like, like it takes some wisdom and discernment to say, like, right. I don't want it to be an immodest t-shirt. And right. I do want it to be a modest shirt. But, because I want to be honoring God. But there are things, like, in Scripture, it'll command us to show honor to elders or something. But it doesn't but it say doesn't leave a flower say, or no, pink No, it doesn't rose. say leave a flower. It doesn't say bow. It doesn't say whatever it is that your culture does to show honor. You do you that. Do you do that. And so I think that we have to understand that our culture is full throttle at war with gender distinctions. Right. And so basically like the most countercultural thing that you could do right now is be a woman who acts like a woman and a man who acts like a man. It's and, just and a mother who acts like she's raising men two and different women. Kinds yes. of people. Like I am yeah. actually not raising a gender indistinct blob of children. Like I parent my daughters differently than I parent my sons. And I will say, and this is not a rule. Like I am not bringing up for you all, but since muffins was specifically brought up. I think you made a remark about muffins. Yes. I did. You did. You said if your son was got really into baking muffins. Oh, sure. Well, I don't care. Like what I'm trying to say is I don't mind my son's baking. No, I would mind them taking on the persona of a baker in a ruffled apron or I'm going to be mama's little helper in the kitchen. That's not your job. But I would say that even from a young age, when I want the boys to help me in the kitchen, I, I like, so one time I haven't been doing this lately. Now that I bring it up, I should do it again. Now that I remember, I assigned my kids different days to be kitchen help because I wanted them all to know what to, you know, like wanted them to just know, have a sense of what happens in the kitchen. Right. Well, but I would call in my sons for things like, I want you to shape all these meatballs for me. I want you to do the things that were, um, not... As much, it's not like I'm just like I'm not. It's not that I'm asking you to come pipe icing onto these. I have no problem with them decorating a sugar cookie. I'm just saying, even within the spectrum of all normal things for all of my kids to do, some of them lean more masculine and some lean yeah. more feminine, and, and I is, like them both to do when it. When you have, like, of course, men can pursue cooking, and women can pursue cooking, but I would say that there is a way for a man to pursue cooking that's intensely masculine and it's mm-hmm. hilarious how competitive and cutthroat it can get when a man pursues cooking in a particular way uh-huh. and when women are pursuing it in a feminine way it's actually different than that and 
Um, and of course, there's an area of slop over. I'm not saying there's no, no there's totally. no, you know, similarities, but there's a way of pursuing cooking in a masculine way, and there's a way of pursuing it in a limp-wristed femi way that we would not want. No, exactly. And I and I would say that the long-term goal for a man learning to cook or bake, meaning your son, is that you want him to be competent, capable, able to feed himself ready to do whatever. Sure, but I just mean With your some... daughters, you actually long-term want them to be learning the skills of nurturing people and le- like it is a feminine art form to be doing that. But I'm just and saying look not... at like Gordon Ramsay or something. Like that's well, a guy. Most, right. Really most chefs. Right. And so that it can be done I have incredibly... to say this. I'm sorry. Like... I have to interrupt. Alice Waters. You know Alice Waters. Okay. Who's... Uh, I... Isn't she... Chez Panie or whatever. Whatever. She's a famous chef. Yeah. I just recently ran into a quote from her that sort of put me off of the Alice Waters. <laughs> In which she said she wanted to be buried with fungus spores so that she could turn into mushrooms. Oh my gosh. I was like, Alice. And you're like, we have a hope of a resurrection that's <laughs> Alice, better than what? that. What? Like, what possible thing could you be thinking of? That was a happy dream. Like, yeah, isn't that so sad? That's dark, morbid right Yeah, but there. she's but she's like one of the pioneers of the whole farm-to-table, sure, like, yeah. local foods thing. Yeah. So the fact that she, her ultimate destiny is to turn into an artisanal oh, mushroom. Man. I was oh, like, no. well, that is bleak. Oh, bleak. But anyway, so, I'm just saying. Sorry that I brought that up. I'm just saying that there's ways of pursuing pursuing cooking that it, that can be intensely masculine but it's not it doesn't actually look the same as a woman who doesn't pursuing look like a girl as a woman and there are plenty of moms who turn their boys into little buttercups because they are teaching them right. femininity instead of like instead of teaching them how to right. how to be masculine they're doing anyway i think that the thing is is it's like much of parenting i'm assuming the whole world does what i do so hopefully this this metaphor makes sense but when you're putting christmas lights on a tree you kind of have to squint at it to see if you're getting the lights in the right balance yeah and parenting is a lot like that like yeah. there are there are branches of things that I have zero concern about my boys doing or mm-hmm. my girls doing. It's if it starts to be heavily weighted in one direction yeah. that you need to intervene and but shake the, it here's up. The, here's the thing. I think um, so. We know that the Bible says it's an abomination for a woman to wear the garb of a warrior, which means that to pursue the calling of fighting is not a woman's job, because God specifically forbids that. And I think that if that's not to say there's not the jail the wife of Heber moment where she even so gets she was to first, assassinate the first king. She practiced the wily feminine arts and then she followed <laughs> it up with a right. one tent peg. Yeah, so it's like here's the thing: if you've got the enemy king in your tent, go ahead and tent peg him to the floor. Go that, ahead and handle it. Be be <laughs> in the in the sort of the role there of jail the wife of Heber. However. That is a very different situation than signing up and going off to boot camp and trying to train to become and, a Navy SEAL. You know, SEAL. like spending your Saturdays running around in, in military pants with knives. Right, That's, yelling, hurrah. Yeah, anyway, it's probably not it for you. So the thing is, is that is something that I think women just ought not to do. But you can also reason, you can ex- sort of like reason your way out from there 
Do you think that God, if he doesn't want you to be doing that, do you think he wants women to become riot cops? It's like, no, I think we're on solid ground there to say... That's that, kind of a warrior. That's kind you're of a... kind of not yeah, the girl This for is it. what you're pursuing. And, and I, we would say the same thing is that there's a difference between a woman learning basics of self-defense and a woman pursuing uh, martial arts as a, as a thing. Sure. Like, what are you... What is it that you're... What's the trajectory here? What are you trying to become? And I do think that we have a really funky thing happening in our culture where we have this mythical beast that is the woman action hero in all movies and TV shows. Who is also, we just have to point out, extremely voluptuous. Always. 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 She's like... She's, she's never like a real no, tank of a little... No, because I'm sorry, but if you actually found a woman who could throw the Marine around or the Navy SEAL Good around... Good luck to you with that, that way, finding. She wasn't going to look like gonna that. She's going to be a no. thug-a-lug of a scary woman. <laughs> she's going to be the woman who out, yeah. outclassed everyone in everyone. weight and size. No, also. she's going to be something you didn't mm-hmm. ever want to see. No. And, and <laughs> Certainly is, not in a spandex unitard. No, <laughs> no but we... <laughs> <laughs> with sparkles and a belt. <laughs> and thigh-high boots. <laughs> And don't they usually have some kind of a tiara with their oh, with no. their flowing curls? Oh, yeah. Some kind of a Ooh. something going on there? No, um, I know exactly what she so would look much like. Nonsense. And and so I think it would be actually this would just be a a good exercise. Oh, I word. think if anyone wants to be well edified, just Google up some images of professional women's shot putters. Yeah, that's and then probably good. or or champion weightlifters. You know, like power mm-hmm, lifters, mm-hmm. and then say to yourself, like top shelf editions of women like, who move cars. Right. <laughs> this is a version of a woman that, if, she, if you want to find a woman who could beat up the strong guys, she's mm-hmm. going to look like that, and that's less compelling as Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's really so true, though. And, and this connects to something else, which is like, just notice. The lies that we are being fed 24-7. Because one of those is that I happened to run into, in a store, I ran into a lesbian couple uh, with their toddlers, their children in the cart. Which is really a devastating situation on so many levels. You know, like, here we have sad, miserable children of sad, miserable mothers. Yeah. But, But the thing is... Is that you have to take these women and you're like, what would the television tell us these women should look like? Oh, Well, they would be sleek. They would be high achieving, very smart, very sexy women who just chose to be lesbians. Who just chose this path. Right. What we were facing was was the most unlovely, horrifying pit of despair. Oh, yeah. Because not only were they not attractive at all in, in physical levels, but like unloved in the extreme. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. looking horrible. Like why they always it's it's a weird thing to me that women who want to look like men always aim to look like the worst of the men. The ones like, that you presume drove them away from We're like, men. but why are you trying to look like a really immature junior high boy? Like what is this? That yeah. happened once. We had that yeah. window washer yeah. who was that. But this no, this was these two women bickering, fussing 
uh, like fighting over a weird decorative piece of cross stitch that they wanted to buy <laughs> while the children looked totally unloved and de- like it was very sad. Yeah. But you're but you look at it and you think, yeah, see, the world wants us to believe that this is as healthy and beautiful and wholesome. Yeah. yeah. But they have to use actors. No. And the thing which is, which is the same thing for yeah. Wonder Woman. But I do think that like when it comes to what is the ideal woman looking like. I think that a lot of Christian women have their ideas shaped by pop culture far more than that's shaped by scripture. Oh man. And the problem with pop culture is that they've created a fictional beast. Like they've created this imaginary creature who is, who thinks like a man, fights like a man, has this, you know, basically, I don't know, the sexual appetites of a man and also, but she's really hot. There was an article in, there was an article in, in, I feel like it was the Atlantic a while ago, but it was really sad. It was not from a Christian, Christian perspective, but it sounded like the woman may have been a Christian, you know, by, by the end of the article, right. but she was talking about, and, and I think that this makes sense of things in our culture today, like Tinder, uh, is it Tinder? Where you swipe, hook yeah. up, hook up apps, uh-huh. uh, where you think what possible situation could drive women to want to do that. Like uh-huh. I can understand right. men wanting that in some way. Obviously it's just as broken for a man to uh-huh. want it, but, right. but it's a different situation when women are signing themselves up uh-huh. to be used like that. Uh-huh. And, but this article was from the perspective of a woman who basically had lived that life, but she just was, it was so devastating because she's talking about how young she was when she and her friend were just always watching like sex in the city or something, admiring those women thinking mm-hmm. we'll grow up to be the cool kind of women right. who just use men for our own pleasure, but then walk away, not wanting anything else from them. Yep. We don't want it. And so they, they set up in their mind, this goal of what, yeah. ma- what would make me a worldly wise, beautiful, interesting woman right. who probably has designer shoes and mm-hmm. gets all the attention. And it's a really wonderful life that I'm going to pursue. And, and of course what this ends up with is like 15 year olds, hooking up with men at a theme park. You know what I mean? Like it ends uh, up with women pursuing something that they think is like their ticket to like worldly beauty. You know what I mean? Like this is my ticket to success is going to be this. It's going to be great. And her, and the article that she wrote really was just tracking the, like, I think years into this behavior, she had a pregnancy scare and that that actually made her realize how much risk she was assuming for so little Mm-hmm. Like, like, do I even like this life? Like, right. no, I hate this. Like, I, I hate, why am I doing this? Like yeah. you took on a job right. early on without thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. And I do think that, that like pop culture can really shape what we think is admirable, what we think is ideal, what we think is noble, what we think is beautiful. And I think a lot of Christians have just funny. unthinking. Yeah. What's funny, and yeah. I think we've unthinkingly accepted this idea of what a, really an awesome woman is like but Mm -hmm. it really looks nothing like what the scripture describes as an awesome woman and and scripture actually does describe that and 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 if you roll your eyes at things like she was a really modest woman and you're like discreet chaste homemaker keep her at home yeah (laughs) what a loser this biblical woman is is. yes and so the thing is is i 
when it comes like circling back around to what things we want our daughters to not give in to much wine <laughs> exactly which means get rid of those awful memes it's that wine always, o'clock yeah, or stop. i can't stop drinking wine because yeah. i have toddlers and what is like, that about yeah stop doing that it's like there's verses about that <laughs> no anyway, it's so bad anyway i think that back on what we want our daughters to pursue We've got three high school daughters. They've done, like, every sport that the school offers. They've done volleyball and basketball and track and everything. But there are sports that we would not let them do. Uh And it's not just joining the boys' football team. We wouldn't let them do that, obviously. But there's also, like, I wouldn't sign up our girls ever for wrestling. I wouldn't. my um, word, no. But then also, like, even, like, in track and field, there's some events that, like... I've showed my daughters on the Google up a picture of a shot putter. I'm like, here's the thing. That That's like, excellence. Yeah. When when excellence in the sport looks like that. When it looks like a failure of womanhood. Yeah, then it's like yeah. basically you're either gonna always be bad at it, in which case why do you want to do it? Or you become excellent and look what that is. And so mm-hmm. why would you why would you pursue a sport in which excellence right. looks like such a sad situation? So it's like, look up a picture of a professional, like tennis player versus a professional shot putter. And there is a world of difference between them. And one of them can be done in a feminine way. And one of them, I just flat don't see how. I would say even in like, um, when I played high school basketball, we even had in like the med kit, you know, like hair ribbons. Like it was even in a emphasis yeah. was that you will play hard like women. And you're like, not gonna, you will be girls and like, out I there. Don't, even though like if my girls are going to play basketball, I don't want them wearing those giant baggy, saggy shorts no. like a man. Pulling their socks way up and slapping each other's butts all no, the time. No, like stop. We, these are the things we don't do No, as it's girls. like you can be out there and you can play basketball, but you better look one like time, a cute little girl as you do it. One time we played a team where I remember trying to post up. On a girl that was like, <laughs> whoo, we're back from a little phone alert. Splashed out and cut us out. So you were yeah. about to tell a story, but hold on, hold on. Thought while mm-hmm. you tell the story, I'm gonna drive to pick up Bell. Okay, I'll awesome. tell Guys. the story. I will hold forth <laughs> as we drive. So uh, I was, we were playing basketball against a team that was mean and large, and I remember yeah. trying to post up on a girl who was like three times the width of myself. Yeah. And she was spending all of her time pinching me. Oh no. Pinching. Like straight up <laughs> pinching and shoving and she was a major gruffalo and the whole <laughs> and the whole team were total gruffalos. It was like not at all no. it was not at all good. And that was a time where we would honestly be like, we will not compete like this. Yeah. Like like I will not try to go you know, like, no. I'm not going to muscle down, buckle down, and fight you like I, too, am going to. Like, this was a time like, when it is better to lose the game and not participate not in that. Yourself. Yes, like, <laughs> well, it was intense. It was bizarre and intense. Like, when girls are trash-talking and being yeah, really so ugly bad. guys. Yeah, no. So and, and we just did not participate in that. In the sense, is like, I can't remember if we won or lost, but... We would have lost if it cost us that kind of dignity. Like, we we just don't. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. So, as our daughters pursue, you know, learning to do different things, I think that there is so much benefit in doing sports that I don't think that that's a benefit that um, 
can't be like I think whatever you do you know how I joke about writing my great book yeah. about what you can learn from crafting yeah you know but it's also true that athletics brings oh, out yeah. a very different so component yeah. of something Team and sports. it is really healthy for girls to have to face that whole I really don't want to physically push myself beyond this point because because I remember actually in sometime in, in when I was in high school I remember a guy telling me he didn't want his was an older guy telling me he wouldn't let his daughters play basketball because it was incredibly unfeminine and his point that he made was that if you could take a picture of a girl who's like diving for a basketball like that her face would not be at all feminine Sure. And I remember saying at the time, I'm pretty sure if you took a picture of the face of a woman in labor, it wouldn't look all that feminine right. and soft either. Right. In the sense that what could be more feminine than working hard through this pain and giving life to someone? Obviously, it's different than basketball. But my point is, it's not about looking like Victorian mannequins no. all the time. No, it's not. It's just behaving like women who love the Lord. But I would also add that there's the additional component of, like, sometimes when when you see that we are bumping up against the way God created us right. where like when a woman pushes herself physically past a certain point we all know the like weirdo effects that that can have on your on your whole system you know your whole yeah, reproductive like if you system get, if you get too skinny or train too hard you stop being fertile right exactly yeah. it makes you infertile and it's like I think you can you can basically see that there are certain things God did not create women to do that. He didn't create us to become excellent at powerlifting or whatever. It's just like that's not where we are and I think the thing that drives women to that is an insecurity in their own femininity and this attempt to to somehow cash in elsewhere, right? Uh -huh. Like I well, try and, trying try and to get excellence, wanting to achieve something excellent somewhere and it can drive you to all kinds of weird pursuits right and so so when it comes down to like things we wouldn't let our daughters do um we don't let them do like things that things that are tests of just brute strength right um i don't think are are feminine right and and things that are but it's interesting because it's not saying it's not i i think it is really an artistic journey in the sense that you really are like the things that we love to see them excel in that take a great deal of strength. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. we see that. And sometimes it's physical. Sometimes, well, that's and what I mean is that even like, even like, yeah, it, we love the strength of women. It's just that we want it to know that we're training up our daughters to give their strength it, totally to the Lord and what he created them to be. But we want it to look like feminine strength, not like a weird knockoff of masculine strength. Right. Because the problem with that is you're always going to lose. Like right. if you're if you're testing yourself with masculine standards, it doesn't matter how good you get, you're always going to come up short. I remember, There's a Chesterton quote about that one, I believe. The, my mother-in-law has an awesome story about back years ago when... Um, a friend of theirs got really into bodybuilding. This man did. And he had really given himself to this. And he, But he's like, you know, in his 40s or something. And he'd really thrown himself at the bodybuilding situation. And he was going to be in this competition. And so he was... Uh, um, he was going to be doing the whole, I think, the fully, like, greased up and posing down kind of, mm -hmm. kind of thing. So they went to see him, I guess.
us at this thing. And there he was, greased up and posing down. Oh, dear. And she said he had, like, given himself to this for months and months and months. And she said the only thing that the audience was saying was, whoa, look at that old guy. (laughs) And she said, and it was so sad because he, like, this had become his obsession, like his life. And I am going to wow the crowd with my age. (laughs) And the only thing people said is, whoa, look at that old guy. And I feel like women, if they're insisting on being tested by masculine standards, it's essentially that. It's like, you're always going to be last. And so... What um, on earth? It's just it's kind common of sad. enough now that it is that there are usually full women's departments of this kind of thing. Yeah, which make what makes it even funnier is that with the transgender thing that the men are coming to win all the women's <laughs> prizes on the women's <laughs> side. Like even a femi man can come by and just oh, say he's a girl and outlift all of the girls. I know it's so ridiculous. I just think like when excellence in a particular pursuit looks like. A horrifying, like unfeminine, bad decision. Then why would you spend your time pursuing it? It's not right. like I think there's anything wrong with a woman throwing a heavy ball. It's not like there's anything there. But it's like when the when the excellence in that field looks sure. like that, it's yeah. not going to be good. So one other thing that I would just throw out there is that there are some because we're talking about personal parenting decisions and stuff, we're not talking about the ultimate law in the sense of, like, for instance, we wouldn't even put our kids in something where we just thought it would be an incredible uphill battle for them to do it well. Like, we would not... I I am not claiming no men have ever been masculine in dance. But no son of mine will ever get a chance to check. (laughs) Right? Like... Like we're not we're not putting them in all the dance classes with with the question mark of will their masculinity survive it? Like it's just not something that we're no. interested in no. testing to it's that. Kind of like, shall we hold you underwater? It's like, what if we tempted you incessantly? And see if you can hold your breath longer. Yeah, like maybe we could just really max you out with this <laughs> and see what happens. It's just a lot of parents set their kids up for failure in ways that they should not have been challenging them. Like, yeah. you should not have been pushing against God's creational design. And that's not the same thing as me saying there's never been a masculine dancer. No. Or no man can be a man who bakes muffins every day. No. I'm just saying that's not the way we're going. But then there's also, there is um, cultural differences between men and women. Although they can be different from culture to culture, are nonetheless still uh, pretty important. And so, like, I let's say that, for instance, I was wearing a t-shirt that just said, I hate God. And you said, hey, you shouldn't be wearing that t-shirt. And I said, ah, but in this other dialect. In Swahili, they wouldn't even know what this meant. It means I want a cheese stick. It's like, well, the thing about that is it doesn't matter what it means in Swahili. Pro-cheese. Yeah, yeah, it's like, but the the trick with this is that um, what are you communicating to all the people around you who know how to read this? Yeah. And so there are certain... Uh, cultural things that are that are feminine and certain that are masculine, but I would add one more qualification, which is that um, I do think that sometimes there are cultural things which are ungodly, 
And if the cultural expression is ungodly, then it needs to go. Well, I mean, if they're like to be feminine, you have to be immodest. Then you need to right. not be. Or to be masculine. You need to not be culturally. To be masculine, you may not pay attention to your babies. It's well, like that's, or yeah. Uh, yeah. it's like no, that's just that's just an ungodly cultural expectation. So we're gonna not right. we're gonna throw that one out. We're gonna say no about that. And yeah. meanwhile, here we are at the Bible study pickup time. Pick up. Mm-hmm. But and I don't think she knows. We're I don't here, think so she knows we're here today either. Like you're gonna need I like that we're her. just bringing you all with us on the carpool yeah. event. Yep, that's um, what we're doing. But anyway, so do you have a tip? Because we probably need to hustle. Yeah, but off. I think we're like almost out of time, aren't we? My hot, my hot tip is the Food Fifty Two uh, sheet pan eggs. If you feed more than a couple people, it's a really handy recipe, which is twelve eggs and a cup of flavoring things like veggies or you know cheese or chopped whatever you have in your like ham or whatever you have in your fridge. Or, yeah, okay. about a cup of it. And obviously salt and pepper. Grease a sheet pan, like a half sheet size. Pour it in with a splash of milk in the eggs. Season it. Pour it in and bake it at 300 for like 15 minutes. And then you pull it out. And it easily cuts into thin, thin pieces that are perfect for like... uh, Well, I did them the other day. I threw them in in, um, between like street taco tortillas you know like oh, where yeah. like cut a piece like you can fold English them muffin or something yeah because be they're thin enough that you can like fold it you can cut them to the right size and like fold them in half mm, and put it in it nice. or even on a piece of toast like a full square of egg flavor stuff right. on a piece of toast it's totally easy because it's i i don't find time for me to fry that many eggs for all of the egg sandwiches it can be Incredibly lengthy. Nine is too many. If you turn into a short order cook, then yeah, nine is. She found us. It's Belle. Hi. Hi, Hi Belle. Belle. We're recording Hi. a podcast. Belle, how oh. was Belle the Bible study? Is our special guest <laughs> this evening. She well, meant to do that. Too. Anyways, guys, she loves us for it. Now that now that so it's time to wrap we've it up. Wrapped that's it up. my eggy That's tip. your tip. Yeah. Do you have I've one? got no tip. I have to reverse out of this driveway. So her tip I'm is gonna, to pay attention to I'm going to go ahead and... Oops. Ooh, there's a pot in the back there's seat. A pot, yeah. I'll just... Looks like a salad bowl to me. Oh, <laughs> a salad, salad bowl. bowl. Could be anything. Salad. It might be a rice cooker. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, till next time. Yeah. Goodbye. Have fun. I'm a... 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize, I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.